Welcome to Coaching Carrie, the podcast where two lawyers turned life and leadership coaches rewatch Sex in the City and can't help but wonder how would Carrie, Miranda, Charlotte, and Samantha's lives have been different if they just had a coach to help them along. Becky, I'm really glad that this episode is yours and not mine because you have to figure out what to say about Donald Trump's face popping up in this episode and I do not. <laughs> well, I mean, that's about all I'm going to say about it, but it is funny. <laughs> I was thinking to myself, like, how am I going to address this in a way that's funny and clever and not too incendiary and not call him a shithead or something. I don't know. So I'm glad that it's your episode. It's <laughs> the point. <laughs> well, it's funny. I was talking about it with my daughter and told her that he had a cameo in this. And she's like, oh, like kind of like in Home Alone. Yeah. When Macaulay Culkin runs into him in the lobby the of the plaza. Yeah. This is the thing he did for a while. He was in like sure. big New York movies. He just showed up as a cameo in like so many of them. Because why not? Yeah. Ah. Uh, all right. Well, <laughs> do with it what you will. Well, I think it's done. Um, <laughs> so I did end up dealing with yes. it <laughs> at the end so of the day. Here we are in uh, season two, episode eight, The Man, the Myth, the Viagra, which aired on the 25th of July in 1999. And this episode's all about the urban relationship myth. The married guy who leaves his wife and lives happily ever after, the guy who couldn't commit, who shows back up and proposes in the rain, and just generally the concept of living happily ever after. Or more appropriately, the question as Carrie poses it is, can a relationship really change? Mm -hmm. So as the girls are sitting around mid-episode discussing this, Carrie and Big are the example that Charlotte points to. And really, that is the storyline in this episode for Charlotte, is her belief that Carrie and Big have changed and that that is evidence that relationships can be happily ever after. Um, but Samantha and Miranda definitely aren't buying it. So let's start with Samantha's storyline in this one. And this is where our friend Trump shows up. Um, <laughs> Samantha goes out for an after work drink and meets Ed, who is just wrapping up a meeting with Trump. Ed's in his 70s and tries to sweep Samantha off her feet with his old school moves and diamonds. And for a minute it works because Samantha reasons all cats look the same in the dark. Is that a saying? I I mean, it is now. They act like it's a saying. I I was like, what is she talking about? Anyway, sorry. (laughs) No, I don't think it's a saying, but, but like I said, it is now. But it turns out that she can't make it work after all. Ed's age, or rather specifically the age of Ed's ass, is in fact a deal breaker. (laughs) Carrie is fully into her second time around with Big and is mostly having a blast. And one of my favorite big scenes of the series so far happens when he takes her to this small Italian place where he's clearly a regular and introduces her as his girlfriend, which hearkening back to last episode where we talked about things being big and things being small, we know this is big for Carrie. Huge. (laughs) And then proceeds to sing Sinatra's It Was a Very Good Year. And once again, we get a little glimpse into sort of like a funnier human side of Big. And this one particularly gave me a little nostalgia because right after college in 1999, I was living in Hoboken, which is the birthplace of Frank Sinatra. And as a result, we played a lot of Frank Sinatra songs like all the time. Um, (laughs) And this happened to be one of the faves. Later in the episode, 
they're together cooking veal. Mm -hmm. And Carrie says that she wants him to get to know her friends better, or maybe it's that she wants her friends to get to know him better. But in any event, she wants him to spend some time with her friends. Mm -hmm. And she's kind of going round and round. And all of a sudden, Big tries to steal our job. And says to to Carrie, Carrie, what is it that you really need? Yes. And and I'm cheering and jumping up and down. And she says, look, I just want you to meet us out at denial on Saturday. I think it is. The night of the big get together at denial, she comes to pick him up from his apartment and he says, it's tired and it's going to rain. And is it okay if he doesn't go? Mm. Rather than actually answering him, she just leaves disappointed. Yeah. Ultimately, though, he does show up at denial, and it's clear that things between him and Carrie are different. Mm. Delightfully so. Mm. And then we have our friend Miranda, who starts her story arc in this episode on a terrible date at a comedy club with the worst comedian ever, and a married man who says he's been divorced for four years. Like, I don't even know. Like, that happened. (laughs) Then later, mid-episode, gets stood up by Carrie, who chose Veal and Big over her, um, which leads to her meeting Steve, the bartender at the bar. Steve's quirky, assertive, adorable, and earnest, and they end up going home and having great sex. But mostly Miranda isn't buying that it's anything more than a one-night stand. She won't even trade numbers with him. So several days later, Steve shows up at her apartment and asks to take her out. After some back and forth, she finally agrees to let him meet her out at denial with the girls. Why she elects for that to be the first time that they're going to hang out again, I'm not really sure. Like, there seems like there should have been some compromise opportunity to be like, I have plans tonight, but let's hang out another night. But no, that's what she goes with. He comes and is delightful to her friends and bringing them drinks. And she is, frankly, less than delightful to him. Rude. So rude. And I mean, and the girls are like horrified by her behavior. Yeah. He leaves, but also not before trying to steal our job and asking my second favorite question, (laughs) which is, Miranda, why do you hate guys so much? Yeah. And it's clear in asking this question that he's touched a nerve with her. But then after going back to the table and seeing that Carrie and Big really are different because Big actually showed up for Carrie, Miranda chases Steve down, finds him in the rain, I will add. Love it. (laughs) And tells him she might be able to believe that he and this situation are different. So that's this episode recap. Oh, I love Miranda and Steve in the rain at the end of this episode. Like her like running up the stairs to catch him and, you know, screaming after him. And then he turns around and then there's this like, you know, cinematic kiss. I just love it. And I'm not usually one for those big like romantic scenes, but I just think that this is great for Miranda. That she just has this like breakthrough moment before he's gone (laughs) yes yes i agree i just yes and i like the lead up to this and i just like steve because he gets he plays it in about the only way you could play it and have it work with miranda which is to sort of let her do her spinny thing that she does and kind of just be like wow you're interesting (laughs) as opposed to running away you know yeah, I mean, and he is willing to stand up to her from yes. the get. Yes. Right? Like, she has the terrible phone call with Carrie, which, again, these two are the only two that really fight. I mean, yes. I'm thinking of one exception between Charlotte and Samantha. But these two really fight. And so they have this fight. And then he's immediately like, okay, I understand you had a fight, but you don't have to be a bitch to me. Yes. 
I didn't yes. have a fight with you. I'm just pouring you drinks. Like yes. he is willing to stand up to her from the get go. I just love that. And I just want to make a culinary note for all of our listeners. If you are making a breaded meat cutlet, whether it's veal or whether it's chicken or whether it's pork, do not salt it the way that Carrie is doing. Oh, I mean, whatever that was. Y'all, you got to salt the meat first and then you put it in the egg and then you have salted dredge to put it in. Like, do not do not take a salt. Also, do not use table salt. <laughs> do not take a salt <laughs> shaker and delicately, like, sprinkle four grains of salt over an already breaded cutlet. Ugh. Anyway. They needed a food consultant on this set. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and also, how much veal can two people really eat? I mean, I think I only saw him bread two cutlets, but I mean, I guess it's New York. They probably have an Italian butcher. Like, that's probably where they got the veal. But I was just kind of like, who gets veal to eat at home? Yes. So many questions. <laughs> so I many really questions. have so many questions of all the things they could have been doing in that scene or that could have called her away from her evening with Miranda. It was veal. So. Yeah, yeah, very strange, very strange. <laughs> but all right, well, let's jump into coaching questions. And my first question is for Miranda, and it is, what is so comfortable about not believing that someone could like you? Mm, yeah. I mean, I think that this is why I love this particular episode and that particular scene, because this is so me. <laughs> You're like, I can relate. <laughs> yeah, because it is. And your question is so spot on because it calls out the fact that Miranda feels good feeling bad mm-hmm. about how men interact with her. Yes. Like it feels good. She's like in that stage where it feels better to be right. Yes. Than it feels to be in the relationship. Yes. And it's <sighs> – I just I'm just so empathetic to where she is right now because I was there for so long that you're just like I'm so tired of getting screwed over and messed around with and you know feeling like I'm putting myself out there the other person isn't you know reciprocating that I'm just going to assume everyone sucks and just as like this protective layer mm-hmm. around me so that I stop getting hurt. so hurt. Yeah. But then you're also preventing yourself from getting the relationship. You are also not at that point putting yourself out there. I mean, I think of the scene where, you know, Steve's come home with her. They've had sex. He's being very sweet about like, that was special. I really had fun. I really like you. And she's like, yeah, okay, whatever. Bye. Good night. Good sex. See you later. Like truly that is how she reacts to it. And so she has this notion and it is, I think you hit the nail on the head about like being right rather than being in the relationship. Like she has this notion that the person leaving or the person not being good enough, she's proven right in her belief that nobody will actually like her. And so she can take credit for putting herself out there to some extent, Mm -hmm. but also be right. Yeah. 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 I mean, it doesn't work for her. And she... I mean, she knows she's doing it. I mean, Cynthia Nixon plays this very, like, self-aware. Yeah. And she's kind of like, great sex, get out, okay, bye. <laughs> and then when he shows up, you know, a few days later and she says, did you forget something? Like, <laughs> like she knows that she's just dismissing him. Yes. And yet he persists and persists and, you know, over and over and over again, despite all of her rejection and rude, bitchy behavior. Yes. He just keeps showing up and it becomes like irresistible. Yes. 
Like I mean, pool. even to the point that she tells him the wrong time that they're meeting at denial. And then he's like, no, no, what's actually the time? And then she tells him the actual time. Right. Because New Yorkers don't eat dinner. Before, yeah, like, I know. That, should, that was like right? a, that she she'd have been better off to say we're meeting at 11. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. I mean, like I'm firmly planted in the Midwest. We eat sometime between. I mean, like some people eat at 5 p.m. We're more like 6 to 7 p.m., which is like, I know, a crazy thing for East Coasters to even imagine. <laughs> well, I mean, we're, yeah, it's a little different for us because family, kids, and schedules. But yes, I mean, certainly you're not going to the hot spot at 7 o'clock. You're going to the right. hot spot at 9 yeah, or 8, is it even 30 open or, at I don't 7? know. <laughs> I've, I mean, I've been there. Like, I've been the person who was like, couldn't get the re- reservation. So you just get in when you can and kind of try to hang out. But that's a whole yeah. different thing. Um, but yeah, I think you're right that this is just her protective armor. And that is what's comfortable is because it's this belief that if I can be right on this, then at least I know what I'm getting. Yeah. Yeah. It's the avoidance of the surprise that something isn't working Yeah, or doesn't work out. Yeah. Yeah. So my next question is for Carrie and it is what kind of support would you like from your friends in your relationship with Big? Oh, Because what I saw in this episode is that she's still trying to walk this line of I'm with big, but I feel like I have to justify it to my friends and they don't really have my back and they're not really all in. And I can't even, by the way, like when he said he's not coming, I can't even just show up at the thing and say, hey, he was tired and decided not to come. I have to like lie and say he might be late. He's coming from work and I'm afraid to let Charlotte down. Like, what would it feel like or what would you want from your friends in this relationship? Yeah, I love how this question kind of gets away from the relationship and gets more into her friendships. Yeah. And I love that it's a question I never would have thought of. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, from the very beginning when she got back with him, right, when they're walking to the bar that night – And she's admitted that she's back with him and they're all kind of like, why? He was such an asshole to you. And she ends up kind of walking away and they are chasing her down, you know, Times Square. They really haven't been on board, I think, in the way that she would want them to be. But I think that she also kind of understands why Mm -hmm. they're not. And she has the same reservations. She's just choosing to kind of live. I don't want to say put them aside because they're constantly present. But like she's choosing to live with those reservations on some level to see if she can get this relationship to work. But wouldn't it be easier if her friends were more on board? Well, I mean, and this fits into a theme that we've talked about a lot, but it's like also being able to ask the people in your life that you care about, whether that's your family or your friends or, you know, your romantic partner, but being able to ask those people with whom there is a loving relationship for what you need. Like it is possible to go to your friend and say, look, I understand why you have reservations. I have reservations too, but I'm doing this. I'm trying to make it work and your support would mean a lot. And this is what your support would look like to be meaningful to me. Yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, like, I'm not even sure that Charlotte is giving her the support that she wants. No. (laughs) Right. Because Because she's putting, I think she's putting pressure. Unintentionally. As she is wont to do. Um, (laughs) That's what our girl Charlotte does. But yeah, so like she's getting this, you know, romantic fairy tale pressure from Charlotte. She's getting like real skepticism, hesitation from Samantha and Miranda. And nobody's just saying like, huh, if that was going on, I think I would be, you know, 
not upset about it, but I would I would want to know what was going on too. Like if my relationship had this stuff going on, like how do you feel about it? Like what would you like to happen? Like how can you talk to Big about it? Like that would be much more helpful than what they're doing. Yes. Yes. And I think like, look, there's obviously a genuine caring between this group of women. And oh, I think yeah. they are capable of showing up like that for each other. Yeah. But sometimes we have to ask. Mm-hmm. And there's no harm in that. And that does not mean that the relationship or the friendship is bad or broken. Sometimes we don't know how to support each other unless we're told. Well, and I think that each of the friends thinks that they are acting in a way that's protective of Carrie. Correct. Yeah. Right? Like the, the women that have the real skepticism are like, I don't want you to get hurt again. Like, I wish you wouldn't put yourself out there in this way. And Charlotte's like, no, no, no. Everything's going to be perfect. Like, she's going to ride off into the sunset with him. Right. And so everyone's got this, like, protective vibe of either this is going to fail, don't do it, don't get hurt, or there's no question that this is going to be, you know, happily ever after, and neither of those is reality. Right, right. At least where they are right now. Maybe eventually it becomes that way. But, like, Carrie has real questions about what's going on. And nobody can really hear them <laughs> in real time. That's right. They're all, they're because all she doesn't of, feel she can tell them or right. ask them in real time. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, that would be a good thing for her to think about. <laughs> I think it's a good thing to think about generally, right? Like what's, I was about to say, what's the point of having friends if you can't ask them for support, you know, mm-hmm. or what for what you need? That's to me, that's the sort of like crux of what friendship is ultimately about. And that's not to say to your point that they're being bad friends. They yeah. aren't. They absolutely yeah. care about her. That is very, very clear. Yeah. But but because of that, I have a lot of confidence that if she were to ask, they would try to deliver what she needs. Yeah, definitely. So the last question is also for Carrie. And this comes out of as she's sort of left big at his apartment and she's on her way to denial. And the, the voiceover is like, you know, what made me think that he would be different this time around? Mm-hmm. My question for her is, how are you behaving differently in your relationship with Big the second mm-hmm. time around? Yeah. Yeah. She needs this turned on herself a little bit too, <laughs> for sure. Because I mean, now to her credit, when he says, Carrie, what is it that you need? She answers him. I agree. She is she is doing some things differently. She she's with this close rewatch that we're doing for the podcast. I am starting to see like the subtle ways that the writers are actually moving her forward. She answers him immediately. She answers him clearly mm-hmm. and she asks for something specific. Yes. So like she really like moves forward in this episode that like when he says it, now he has to ask which is fine. It's fine. But she does come back with not, don't you want to stand still with me? <laughs> she comes back with, I want us to have dinner this on day, Friday this at location. denial. Yeah, with my friends. And the purpose yeah. is for them to get to know you better. Yes. But I mean, yeah, she's still got these old patterns that she needs to reflect on and figure out how can I change my behavior a little bit to meet him where he is. Right. And I think that's the key, right? A good example of her not changing, right, is he doesn't say like, hey, hon, I I think I'm not going to come. He actually says more than once, would it be okay if I didn't go? Yeah. And she never says what she is feeling, which is, no, it doesn't really feel okay to me. Yeah. And I wonder if she had said that, if he would have said, okay, give me five minutes, I'll get changed. Yeah. I think the answer is clearly yes, because he shows up. Exactly. (laughs) 
And like, look, we've all had those days where you, I mean, you've been at work all day, you hear the weather report, it's going to storm. It's not just going to rain, it's going to storm later. And you're like, I just want to sit on the couch and watch TV and order takeout. Like, I don't want to leave the house again. And that's like a totally normal thing. It's not like, you know, he ditched out on like a perfectly beautiful weather day and he didn't have much going on at work or anything and he was feeling great. Like he tells her like why. Exactly what's going on. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, she's probably been either task rabbiting or sitting at home writing all day. So she hasn't been out. She hasn't necessarily been, you know, she works, but I mean, she's not. a different pace and intensity potentially. Thank you. Yes. So she's in a very different like living slash working situation than he is. And so I don't know. I feel like absolutely she should speak up if it's not okay. But, you know. Well, I mean, and also let's be realistic. This is not the last time that she will be out with her friends on a given Friday or Saturday night on which he could tag along. Right. Right. I mean, she through Charlotte has put so much pressure on him showing up to prove that things are different. This has become a test as opposed to just another event in their week. And so what I think is missing is his knowledge that this is a test or his knowledge of why this is important to her. Yeah, right. Because it's not like he was sitting at the lunch table when Charlotte was like, your relationship's perfect. Everything has changed, right? Like he's not aware that Carrie is trying to live up to that expectation and also prove Sam and Miranda wrong. Yes, And we're also just back to this, like, grand gesture thing that she does. That if you don't show up in this way at this time, then it means that we don't have what I think we have. Well, and she even says at some point in the voiceover that the whole thing of a myth, and I think it happens actually within the veal scene. She's like, in myths, the characters are often tested. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, she puts out this notion that like inevitably there will be a test. Yeah. And so it's almost like she's looking for these tests that can be passed or failed. Right. Why does there have to be a test? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Mm. Interesting one for her. Yeah. So <laughs> I will recap my questions. The first one is for Miranda and it is what is so comfortable about not believing that someone could like you? And then the last two are for Carrie. And they are, what kind of support would you like from your friends in your relationship with Big? And how are you behaving differently in your relationship with Big the second time around? Mm, Good questions this week. Love it. Awesome. Thanks for being here. And we'll see you next week for another episode. If you're loving the podcast, we would really appreciate it if you would leave us a rating or a review wherever you listen to the podcast. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram at coaching.carry.podcast. Thanks so much for listening. Hey, it's Carrie. I would love to connect with you out in the world at carriewalshcoaching.com. There you'll find more information about me, coaching, blog posts, and an opportunity to sign up for my newsletter. Or if you or your company is looking for executive coaching, you can check out theatalantagroup.com for more information. That's the A-T-A-L-A-N-T-A group.com. Hey, that's Becky. To connect with me, the easiest way is to head over to my website at untanglehappiness.com. There you can learn more about the services I offer, as well as get additional information about my book, The Happiness Recipe, A Powerful Guide to Living What Matters. I look forward to connecting with you.